um, Pastor David asked me to minister today and um, gave me the subject. So that's nice because <laughs> then, you know, you've got you've got the, the title and that's wonderful. So I'm going to teach uh, about vision and hopefully you'll get some some tremendous truths to apply to your life and maybe even to your business, maybe to your your ministry, if you're in ministry, or whatever, you know, the Lord's asked you to do, called you to do, wants you to do, I believe that this will help um, you uh, grow and expand in that. And I always, you know, I, I like to start with, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still have vision. Amen. Amen. Because that's right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. Amen. Hallelujah, because he chose old people in the Bible to do wild things, like have babies at 99, you know, and uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth, you know, the Bible says she was well stricken in years, whatever that means, but she had a baby, didn't she? Uh, and, you know, Abraham and Sarah, others that he, uh, that he, uh, came in, in them and just absolutely energized them. Yeah. Caleb, at over 80 years old, said, give me that mountain. And he said, I'm well able still to overcome the enemy there. He had to fight for it. And he's 80. He said, I can still do today what I did 40 years ago. So give me that mountain. Amen. Yeah. So we have no excuses about age or Gender or anything. Praise God. We can do what God's called us to do. And uh, I have a friend, Terry Foy, uh, Terry Savelle Foy, and she does a lot of teaching on vision, which I have gleaned from over the years. And uh, she always encourages people to do a vision board. And this is a good time of year to do that, to put your vision on a board. How complicated is that? Um, You can cut out things that you want or that you desire to happen or that you desire to have, whatever. Um, yes. And uh, you can uh, write on it or draw. You know, you can do whatever you want, uh, but you need to put it before your face, she said. And make sure it's impossible things. Don't you love that part? Yes. Make sure it's impossible things that only God can help you do. Because if you can do it by yourself, it's, you know, that's fine. I'm sure that's good. But these things we need the help of God for. So that means imagine big. And uh, so she preaches a lot about this, teaches a lot on it. And Kenneth Copeland heard her. And he came up after a couple of services of hers and said, Terry, you should see my vision board. Now, he is 87 He's preached all over the world and done tremendous things for God. But he has a vision board of what he's doing this year, next year. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? I love to hear that. Because, you know, so many people want to lay back and retire and prop up their feet when they're very capable of doing things for God and doing things for other people. Amen? So don't think you're too old to serve the Lord. You're just right. Praise God. And uh, let's look at... The uh, foundation scripture here today, it would be Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, Philippians 3 and 
verse 14. And the Bible says, I press toward the mark. Well, let's, let's read um, a little more of this because I want you to see the other, the other verses. Let's start at 12. Not though, as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I believe this is so key in our lives. He said this one thing, when somebody says they're very, when they're very successful, like Paul was, and they say, just remember one thing. You know, don't your ears perk up and say, oh, okay, I can remember one thing that this famous person is, is telling me to do. He said one thing is forget that. Forget all that. Because if we especially have lived longer than six decades on the earth, there's going to be stuff back there that can plague our minds at times. Maybe mistakes, maybe uh, misfortunes, or maybe uh, we could have done it differently and we knew we should have and we didn't, or just on and on, right? Um, things that maybe happened to us that were not our fault at all. And it, it brought tragedy or some kinds of, of, of problem in our life. So um, I keep feeling like I should share this, so I will. <laughs> my, in my life, you know, I went through two divorces. And um, this after the second divorce, it did plague me that I had been through two divorces. It was like major distress on my life. Because I'd always wanted to be like my parents, married forever, you know, childhood, uh, not childhood sweethearts, but high school sweethearts, and then married until my dad died and celebrated all these wonderful anniversaries, you know, <laughs> and I thought, that's going to be me. And it wasn't me. <laughs> it didn't turn out at all like that. So um, it, it really distressed me. And these were like huge roadblocks to stepping forward, especially in ministry, because I, you know, different denominations will ban you if you've ever been a divorce yeah. or divorce twice is like two strikes, you know. <laughs> so anyway, all those things just plagued my mind. So I was praying about it one day and I said, Lord, this is really distressing to me. I mean, this is something else. And he said, and that this just tells me that God has a sense of humor, Right. Do you know that he has a sense of humor? We we wouldn't have it if he didn't have it. And um, I don't know if I have that much of a sense of humor, but David has plenty for for both of us. So then I can enjoy his and I don't even have to come up with anything. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, but God has a sense of humor. And he told me this. He said, think of it like this, Scarlett. Think of it as thing one and thing two. Now, isn't that hysterical? Have you ever seen Dr. Seuss? Thing one and thing two. And then he said, these are just things that have happened to you. Don't let them block, be a, a, a huge roadblock to your future. 
Don't let it. You can't do anything about the past. The past is over. It's done with. It's set. You can't go back and change it. You, you know, you can't rearrange it. It is over. So let it go and think of it. Every time you think of it, think of thing one and thing two. Those, those idiot little <laughs> characters. And not that the X's were like, I'm not trying to say they were, but the, the thing is things happen to everybody. And just count them as things. It was just things that happened, right? And let go of it. Does that help anybody? It helped me. And I I shared it on a radio broadcast one time. And I got an email that said, I don't think you should laugh about divorce. And I thought, you better laugh about divorce. Because it can kill you if you let it plague your mind. It can kill you. I've seen it happen. Some of my friends are dead today because they got through so much trauma and horrible feelings over a divorce. Amen. So you better laugh at the devil, right? right? Laugh at calamity. Laugh at those things because Jesus is still Lord. He's still Lord. Hallelujah. And he's brought beautiful restoration in my life. So that's the other little caveat is he can restore wonderful things to your life that you didn't even think were possible. Amen. So here we say, uh, he says, apprehend that which you were apprehended for in Christ. One thing to do, forget those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So there is a press. Sometimes you have to press a little bit. But praise God, we can do it. And it's a high calling. And there's a prize. (laughs) So it's worth the press. Amen. And uh, I believe this is a part of what God wants us to do with uh, imagining and and visualizing. Um, Acts chapter 2. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. And uh, we'll read a little bit about uh, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and what our dear brother Joel said about that in verse 17. Um, 16, it says, these words were spoken by the prophet Joel. 17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So there's a lot of speaking, and there's a lot of seeing either seeing visions or dreaming dreams. And you can dream dreams and not be asleep, right? Martin Luther, you know, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. And, um, and so not necessarily asleep, although I'm sure that the Lord can give you dreams as well when you sleep. But it's mainly dreaming and envisioning here. But the Spirit of God has so much to show us. And we need to allow that to happen by being in his presence, Amen. by allowing him to, to talk to us and to, and to show us things. The Bible says, call unto me and I will show you things, great and mighty things, which you know, which you know, don't, don't know. It's, it's things that he wants to reveal that we don't know. So, um, one of the ways that we can call unto him, of course, is through prayer. 
or singing and praising, amen, in his presence. Sometimes it's just laying before the Lord, being still and being quiet and letting him speak. Turn off the TVs, turn off the cell phones, turn off the world, and just be quiet in his presence. It's so powerful. And allow him to talk. So we see in Romans 12 that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformed, changed. When we change, things change. When we change, things change. (laughs) Other people even change when we change. So uh, what responsibility do we have? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when we are transformed, when we are uh, renewed like that, we start visualizing. Visualization is not necessarily uh, New Age and, you know, whatever, Eastern religion, as we say. Um, it's a, a lot, used a lot in the Bible. I mean, the, the Lord uh, told uh, even uh, Abraham, remember, look at the stars Visualize this is going to be your descendants, how many there are. Look at the beach, look at the sand, imagine, visualize, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Now this is Abraham, old Abraham, remember, and he doesn't have one child, much less as many as the sands on the beach or as many stars in the sky. But he started visualizing and that was a part of his walk of faith is knowing the end from the beginning. Seeing the end from the beginning. And that's what these vision boards do. We start seeing the end of the manifestation before, uh, from the beginning. We see the end. That's what faith is. You see yourself healed. You see yourself prosperous. You see yourself soul winning. Telling somebody about Jesus. Amen. You see yourself playing an instrument or singing with us or you see yourself doing these things. Um, and so imagination is not bad. It's a great word. Um, uh, in Genesis, uh, when they were building the tower, um, you know, God said, well, anything that they've imagined to do, they can do it. And then he had to confuse their languages because They were getting out of hand with what they imagined to do. So it's good to have imagination. We just don't let it cross over uh, crazy lines and uh, go wacko with it. We keep it in the confines of God's truth and his word. Amen? Like a fire. If you have a fire in a fire pit, it's beautiful. If you have a fire in a fireplace in your home, it's wonderful. But if you have a fire like I had the other day in our kitchen, it's not so good. <laughs> if it goes wild and gets outside the boundaries, you're, you got a problem. Amen. And thank God my husband said, get the baking soda. <laughs> and they put it right out. I get my cooking skills from my mother. So praise the Lord. Anyway, thank you, David. You're so sweet. Um, so these uh, imaginations and, uh, and, and, and how to stimulate imaginations comes through words, the word of God mainly, words, God speaking to you, words, thoughts, 
We can think like Christ. The Bible says we can have the mind of Christ, thinking his thoughts. Pictures, um, we already discussed how God showed um, Abraham, look at look at things, and this is how your family is going to look. Um, so we we can visualize and have imagination through words, thoughts, pictures, images. They all stimulate imagination. And do you know it, it's we can actually have these imaginations and vis- visualization by others inspiring us. And I think this is an important point because. We need to let other people inspire us. Um, many times, especially in our culture today, people are against wealth. They're against rich people. They think, that, you know, they've stereotyped this rich person being mean and greedy and, you know, and oppresses everybody and, uh, you know, on and on. And I can tell you right now, the, the wealthy people that I know are very generous very loving, would do anything to help anybody and have the means to do it, would build a church like that. I saw a minister that's uh, fairly well off. Uh, a Nigerian man came to his church and uh, he spoke that morning. And then at the end, he, he, uh, this pastor said, what can we do for you? And he said, well, we're building a church. We need $50,000. And normally, you know, I was in the service. Normally, uh, we would say, well, let's all get together and take up an offering, you know, and see if we can come up with it. And this pastor said, well, I'm writing you a check right now for 50000 And I thought, that is awesome. I want to do that. I want to be the one that's writing a check for 50000 and giving it. His church was built just like that in one day. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? So, um, Anyway, but we get we we get in our mind sometimes that what television or movies or education we think it's education um, or is telling us about certain types of people, the one percenters or the you know ones who are wealthy and have multi million dollars, and that they're all just hung up on materialism and all on and on and on. But I'm telling you. David and I have learned that these people can inspire you. Amen? And you can be encouraged by them. And they can actually say things, words or thoughts, that you can start imagining and visualizing yourself doing things that they've done for humanity. Amen? Blessed, really blessed things. I, I remember reading a book... Um, by uh, Reinhard uh, Bonnke, who did tremendous work in Africa. He was a, a missionary. And in the book, it has all the pictures of his crusades and tent meetings that were just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You can't even imagine. It's a, it's a beautiful autobiography that he did. And um, in the book, now I know Kenneth Copeland personally, but I've never heard him say a word about this. I read it in Ron Hart Bonke's book that Kenneth Copeland paid for almost all of those meetings that he had in Africa. And I thought, holy moly. Now, this man traveled for years, right, David, in Africa and did these huge outdoor hundreds of thousands of people, a sea of people as far as you could see. Um, and how many were saved? God only knows. I mean, billions of people. 
So anyway, praise the Lord. Don't you want to be that person? Don't you want that person to inspire your life? I want to be inspired by Kenneth Copeland. I know people can criticize and persecute and talk about a jet and talk about all that. I want to be the person that's supporting all the work in Africa. Amen. Amen. And God knows where else that he never says anything about. But I'm telling you, I would, I would try to watch my words and watch my mouth when I'm criticizing a minister. You have no idea what they've done, what they're doing, and what their future is, is going to be. And the, the very important work of spreading the gospel and seeing people born again. Amen. Amen. And if sometimes if you're caught on the negative side of that, I believe that it's just not a good place to be. We'll just put it that way, right? We don't want to kick against the pricks. We don't want to have uh, uh, that uh, anointing removed in any way. And I think that sometimes when we're so critical and, you know, I remember Lester Sumrall saying he'd been criticized for something and somebody was criticizing him and he said, but what have they ever built? Yeah, right. He he had built an uh, empire for God, basically. And what have they ever built? Well, there was nothing to show. So we have to watch and not be critical. But also let these people inspire us. Amen? Let them inspire you. Don't be jealous or envious. And yeah. Be inspired. Yeah. Amen? I'm inspired by every one of y'all. Y'all inspire me all the time. Uh, let people around you inspire you and encourage you. Amen. Um, I remember Happy Caldwell. Some of you know him, minister of the gospel, very, very powerful minister. He said that he was in Hawaii and he looked over at a gorgeous house that was on one of those cliffs. And it just was like a mansion and had a gorgeous view you know, and this island, and he said, oh, look at that. He said, I can't even imagine myself in that house or owning that house. And the Lord said, then you won't ever, you won't ever own it. And and he, you know, spoke about that when he was talking about vision and how you've got to picture yourself yeah. owning or living yeah. or giving Amen. You have to visualize. You have to imagine. And so let yourself imagine and then put it on a vision board where you can see it every day. And then you can visualize that. My little grandson, Silas, he's 11. But when he was nine and a half, he did a vision board and his mom did one, too. Um, so I was up there in Panama City a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about vision boards. He said, Nene, you want to see mine? I said, sure. So he brought it out <laughs> and, and he started naming the things that know in a year and a half, the things that had come to pass. He was pointing this. We have this. We have this. We have a house with a backyard. He lived in an apartment and he wanted a house. And that's where they moved in the house with a backyard. And he was just pointing to every one of them. He wanted to go to Disney. You know how kids want to go. And he had been to Disney, you know, and. And it was just amazing to me. It inspired me, my little grandson, to redo some of my things on my vision board and get it going. Because we can, you know, we can lay it aside at times and not renew what's on there. And David and I had a vision board in our bedroom for a while. And um, 
one of my friends that was staying at our house came in there. We were gone, and she was snooping around. And <laughs> we didn't care, though. We don't have anything to hide. But she was snooping around in there. She goes, I saw y'all's vision board, and I'm believing God for everything on there uh, to come to pass for y'all. I said, good. Well, that's fine. Stay out of my room. No. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, but, <laughs> but um Anyway, we have seen the same kind of things just come to pass. Things that, and remember I said impossible things, right? So these are God things that have happened because we see them every day. We imagine ourselves and um, we can uh, we can receive the, the Lord's hand. He wants you to imagine big. He really does. Uh, one of my pastor friends from Houston they have several churches in Houston, and they imagined themselves living in a very big home. Now, at that time, they lived in just a regular home, but they imagined a big home, so big that they could house pastors and pastor's wives for weeks if a pastor and his wife had gotten in some trouble or was needing recovery or any, you know, so just ministry, period. They could come and stay, and they could... Uh, counsel with them, pray with them, talk to them. And, um, and, and this house was so big that they imagined that it had a cafeteria dining room that seated 300 people. So now you can imagine just from that that this place was big. They imagined a helicopter pad in the front of their house so they could land they could get on the helicopter and fly to the church and preach and go to the other church within 30-minute time and preach and go to the other church because they had churches around Houston. So they made a model. They made a model of this house. Now, um, the the lady, you know, <laughs> this is an African-American couple. Not that that's important or not important. It just again, inspires me so. Be inspired by people. Amen. Amen? So they made a model of this house, and they put it on their coffee table. And Bridget, her name's Bridget, she would take her fingers, and she said, I'm walking through the kitchen. I'm walking into the cafeteria, and we're going to minister to these 300 people who are here today in their house. This is in the house. And I'm walking all the way to the bedroom. Now, the bedroom was a long way over here. And I'm walking through my closet. She had a really big closet. But when you preach all the time everywhere, you got to have a big closet because you got to dress. Back then, you really had to dress to the T's, as they said. Um, so you had to have, and she did, because I stayed in that house. They built it. They were gonna give. They were gonna send the helicopter to the airport to pick us up. And bring us, but it was the weather was kind of off, so we didn't get to ride in the helicopter. But we saw it, and we saw their helicopter pad, amen. And we saw all the rooms that they have bring ministers in and help them and minister to them and bless them. And I thought, my gosh, they have to have a, a full crew just to keep the house up. You know, they have to have the employees, and it's a big responsibility. It's not just oh, we want to leave in a mansion. I mean, this is work in your home. But they are so gracious and so loving and so Holy Ghost, amen, and love the Word. They came up under Fred Price, if that tells you anything. And, I mean, these 
it's just amazing ministry, amazing ministry. Um, so we can see that God's word works. You visualize, imagine, and you ask big and you ask God to help you. Uh, uh, the Bible says anything is possible with God. Anything. All right, let's look at the scripture and then we're going to close. Are you ready to look at Habakkuk? You can't preach on vision and not read Habakkuk chapter 2, right? Are you getting anything out of this? I know that, you know, we don't think pastors should have helicopters, but why not? President Biden has a helicopter, right? Just saying. Habakkuk that we pay for. That we, the taxpayers, pay for. Habakkuk chapter 2. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Now, I think that's really important. That's the first thing he said. Write it down. down. Now, another thing you can do is get a picture of it. But he wants you to get moving on it. You know, not just have it rolling around in your head for 20 years. Well, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to go there. You know, people call it a bucket list. At least they're writing it down, right? A list. Um, but write, write the vision. Make it plain. So, you know, simplify it. Make it plain so that uh, upon the table. So he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak. It shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. It might not be just as quickly as you want it to be. It could be. Uh, We've gotten a lot of things a lot quicker than we (laughs) imagined. I think my little grandson, if he was standing here today, he would tell you, oh, boy, those things came so quickly. But sometimes it takes a little time. So what? It's coming. Amen? So what if it takes a little time? It shall speak. Um, It shall not lie. If it tarry, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will, what? Surely come. It will not tarry. It shall surely come. Now, this is a wonderful vision scripture to stand on. And someone told me one time that if you keep speaking the vision, it'll one day it'll speak for itself. Yeah. Amen. You keep speaking what you want, what you desire. Call those things that be not as though they were. Call it. And Charles Capps used to say, if you want the dog, don't call the cat. Right? Call the dog. So keep quit calling things you don't want in your life. Amen. Call blessings. Call prosperity. Call generosity, you know, call whatever you're having problems with, call the opposite. (laughs) Amen. Call those things that be not as though they were. Praise God. Our cat is more obedient than our dog. She'll, she'll come and the dog sits there and looks at us. But that's a bulldog, you know, so there you go, right? Don't be a bulldog. Be a, a, a smart cat, right? Praise the Lord. Well, hopefully you got something out of this. Let's stand up for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you today and for those on live stream. And um, we'll just let the Lord move here for a minute. Father, we just thank you for each one. We thank you, Lord, that you are Lord of our life. 
that you are our healer, our savior, that you are um, the one who provides so richly for us. And that we give you all the glory, Father. We can't do anything without you. But through you, we can do all things. We thank you, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters here in the church that there be any need that they have, that you meet it, Lord. Thank you for it, Father. They can just receive your healing power right now. They can uh, receive gladness and joy right now. Hallelujah. The peace of God. They can receive it right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those on live stream listening right where they are, Father, that you touch them, that you do miracles today in their lives, uh, healing ministry miracles, financial miracles, uh, miracles in their relationships, in their family. We thank you, Lord, that you move so mightily by your Spirit. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You want to sing?